Happy Sunday and great morning to you. This is Get Your Love On Radio. Thank you so much for being here. That song is incredible. Keep your love on and what a glorious life to live with love. Always on. (laughs) That's our purpose here on this radio show is to share God's love, which is eternal and incredible and wondrous through the truth of his word. My name's Julie Bueller. It's a privilege to be here with you today. This show is dedicated to the family of faith around the globe. So we'd love to welcome our new friends in Istanbul, Turkey. Bless God. Indonesia is getting the word of God. Columbus, Ohio, you know, we get um, our stats and where people are tuning in. And uh, that that's pretty much the extent of the stats that we get. But man, Columbus, Ohio is all over this show. And getting so blessed, a, a big audience in Columbus, Ohio. So bless God. We love to, we want to know how you're doing, hear your prayer requests, hear your praise reports. Uh, you can always reach us, reach out to us at getyourloveon.org. Um, also Chino Valley, Arizona. That is awesome that Chino Valley was also right up there in the number one city um, on the globe for our show last week. And I went to college in Northern Arizona, so I know Chino Valley well. I was actually there when they installed their first stoplight. So that's that's kind of a, the scope of the town. And also an incredible reminder that there is no way to stop the, the movement of God across this land. Because even in small towns or big cities, uh, countries that are you know, heavily oppressed like Turkey, the word of God is getting out across this land. It's so exciting. And we have a really, really good show for you today because God is so good. And today we're going to be talking about how to be an active participant in the Holy Spirit. There's plenty of forces that are very, very active and trying to divide and get people riled up, upset, discouraged, um, or if they if they can steal liberties and freedoms, um, but God won't allow that to happen. God has made promises in His Word through His prophets, and we get to stand on the Word of God. And it's easy because those forces seem so active. It's easy to sort of focus on that, and it's easy to sort of allow worry to creep in there. So instead, let's focus on. The Holy Spirit. Let's focus on what God's doing. Let's focus on what God has to say and his ways. And let's see how our lives change. Let's see what happens when we shift that focus from what's going on in the natural to what's going on in the spirit and then become very active in the spirit. Boom. I'll tell you, there's no greater life that can be lived in this existence on earth. There's no greater life than to live by the Spirit, and to be active in the Holy Spirit every second of every day of our lives. It's really simple, too. God is seeking pure hearts right now to actively worship Him. Let's go to John chapter 4, verse 23. This is Christ speaking to the woman at the well. And uh, what an incredible conversation that was. But here he says something so profound John 4, verse 23, it says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit 
and in truth. See, the old ways were all about religion and, and, and doing things in the natural to showcase that we were actively worshiping God and th- they were actively worshiping God. And then Christ came and instituted a whole new way of living in the spirit. And they that worship God must make that transition as well. They that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. So today we're going to be speaking about spiritual matters. We have a beautiful minister. Her name's Trish. She's a true prophetess of God, and she offers us really, really sound knowledge in detail on how to walk in the Spirit, how to be an overcomer through the Holy Spirit, and how to bind any wrong spirit, and how to be victorious through the Holy Spirit in all things. So stay tuned for that. It's really important knowledge and it helps us walk in the Spirit. As I said, every second of every day of our lives. And once we're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we have that incredible opportunity. Now, here it says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Greek meaning of the word worship means to fawn or crouch. It means to reverence. It means to adore. And it also means to prostrate oneself in homage. So we not only fawn over God Almighty and just reverence him and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love and joy and peace. Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that's how you know a true Christian. They have love, joy and peace. And and as we're worshiping God in the spirit, we get to just thank him for these gifts of the spirit. And it also means to prostrate oneself, to lay ourselves down, to lay down our lives, to be led of the spirit. What does it mean to lay down your life? It means that you set aside the old ways, you set aside the old understanding. You say, okay, this might have been my life back before I knew Christ, but now that I do know him, I'm going to lay that aside and march in the spirit. And it's just that simple. And as we do that, we see more and more how this truth of God Almighty becomes our life. It's incredible. So yes, God is certainly looking for those pure hearts that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and it, or if you're not sure whether or not you are, if you're not really sure, please go to getyourloveon.org. We have a link up in the top. It's called Bible Studies. You can click there. And then we have a couple Bible studies on the Holy Spirit, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how we, how we know the Holy Spirit, and how we can walk in the Holy Spirit. All of that incredible knowledge is available for you for free. We'll never ask for a dime because the Word of God is not for sale. And so if you're not sure or you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we have beautiful resources for you to get that done. And then, of course, being baptized is key 
to that infilling of the Holy Spirit and walking in that newness of life all the days of our lives. And so if you need to get baptized, if you'd like to get baptized, reach out to us. Click the contact tab on our website at getyourloveon.org. Reach out and we can help you find that spirit-filled minister who can baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for the remission of sins. We want each soul that is this true worshiper to be able to worship God in spirit and in truth. And it does require that obedience to the word. So it does require getting baptized as outlined in Acts 2.38. Apostle Peter was very clear about that. So, and again, lots more resources. We've taught on this subject many times through uh, the this show. So again, the Holy Spirit, it is um, an incredible gift from God. So the more we're filled with it, the more we'll be able to be active participants in the movement of God across this land. And then in Galatians 5.25, it says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So yes, once we're filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, there's more. There's so much more. There's action. Look, God is so exciting. He's so wondrous. It's, it is an incredible life of faith that we get to live when we are active participants in the Holy Spirit. It's it's one thing when we, you know, when you read your word and you read about Daniel's, Daniel in the lion's den and you think, oh my goodness, this man spent uh, an entire night with these lions in an enclosed case and yet the Lord preserved him. And there's so much spiritual meat to glean from that. There's also personal instruction. We each get to glean from that. It's not that we just read the Bible and think, oh, gosh, these are neat stories. It's that when we read the Bible by the Holy Spirit, we take on that personality of Daniel. We take on those mighty strong stances of righteousness from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We take on that courage from Esther. That's what it is to be active participants in the Spirit. And so, again, let's get filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's read our word. And let's make sure we're doing that step by step. Let's walk in the spirit. And if we're going to have that confidence to be able to walk in the spirit, the first thing we need to do is to know the Holy Spirit. Know Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who sent the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Well, it's by knowing our word. There's only one way to get to know Jesus Christ, and it's through the word of God. It says, John 1, 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It's not even possible to know what is true if we don't know Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Isn't that incredible? Think about that. So as we see all these lies going out there, and maybe... You've been in a position to try to offer somebody the truth and they can't hear it. It's because if they don't have an understanding of who Christ is, they won't be able to know truth because truth came by Jesus Christ. So that's when we know, okay, we'll leave off. We'll let the Lord deal with those individuals. Some of them may be called. Some of them may not be. But reality is it's not up to us to try to figure that out. It's up to us to do our own job which is to worship God in spirit and in truth and to be active in that spiritual walk. So as I mentioned, there's only one way to know truth. That is through Jesus Christ. And how do we know him? 
while Christ was the Word made flesh. John 1, 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So as we read our Word, and again, as we do so filled with the Holy Spirit, We take on those personalities in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, which includes the personality of Jesus Christ. And we've taught on the personality of Christ here on this show. So I'd love to encourage you to go back through show archives and be able to rest in that. Um, For many generations, there have been so-called teachers that have been teaching false doctrine. And God is very interested in ensuring that his people have the real truth. And that's in the word. Here we read the King James Version of the Bible here on Get Your Love on Radio. It's because it was the first Bible that was translated from ancient languages to modern language without any religious or political bias. And every Bible, every version of the Bible since that King James Version, known as the authorized version, has been modified and based off of the King James Version, but then modified. Well, if grace and truth came by Jesus Christ and Christ was the word made flesh, why would we need to modify it? (laughs) There shouldn't be any modification needed. When we read the Bible through the Holy Spirit, we get that pure understanding of who God really is. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So again, as we do go through the word and as you take your own time through the week and through the days and you, you know, Carve out that time to read the word. Also say, Lord, show me how to apply all of this to my personal life. God is very individual. He's very personal. And he gives us the word as an instruction manual for our lives. It's so much more than just the words on the page when read by the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is this is incredible incredible instruction that the Lord's giving us this this day. So, I mean, I know my ears are just tuned, glued to what the Lord has to say. And it's awesome because now's the time to really set people on the path of righteousness and then watch how God honors it. And then other, the ripple effect will be incredible. As those of us who know the truth, as those of us who can stand in the truth do so, the ripple effect will literally change this entire globe. And that is what God's aiming to do. It's not about the United States of America. It's not even about one election. And you're going to hear about this in a little bit. This is an incredible work of God Almighty. And we must understand it through His Spirit. So here's another um, verse here. I've got 2 Corinthians 3.17. We're talking about how those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, the reference to that verse, John 4, verse 24, is in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. It says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the Greek meaning of the word liberty is freedom, to not be a slave, to be unrestrained, exempt from obligation or liability. (laughs) I love that. Through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, we are exempt from obligation or liability. And 
when we walk in, you know, this life, this natural life, pretty much all it does is heap obligation on you, right? Obligation to go to college, get a good job, do this, do that, run here, run there, be busy. And God's saying, uh-uh, no, where my spirit is, there is liberty, free from obligation or liability. So let's walk in that. Let's walk in that freedom. In the spirit, we are not obligated to natural man. Not at all. We worship God in total freedom. That's what God wants. And that's why God is doing something so incredible across this globe. Another reason to know your word is also to know Christ and to be set free Again, through those examples in Christ. And in our message, we're going to hear about how we can glean so much wisdom from reading about Christ and how he went about healing and ministering. So stay tuned for that. We have an awesome message for you today. But it says very clearly in John eight thirty six, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, if it is through Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is your Lord and Savior, that you are free, well, then his statement is, Ye shall be free indeed. That is true. You are victorious. You are free from obligation. If it is Jesus Christ of Nazareth that's your Lord and Savior. Nothing else makes, there's, there's no one else in human history, there's no other God that ever makes those kind of confident declarations of victory and freedom other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, and so that's the only way to truly be free is to walk in the Spirit. It's incredible, and it's it's wonderful, too, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is that freedom. There is that um, exemption from obligation. Well, right now, especially here in California, where this show broadcasts from, we are faced with unconstitutional, irrational, damaging lockdowns here in the U.S., in other states as well. And then, of course, in other parts of the world, uh, Christians have lived in a perpetual state of lockdown because they live in a, uh, nations with oppression, oppressive regimes and, and governments that are against God. And I just want to encourage you today because <laughs> while it seems like these lockdowns are very frustrating and they can, again, there's a force that's trying to get people discouraged and riled up. Got a couple questions for you. How much can we get done while at home waiting on the Lord? How much can we get done in the spirit while waiting on the Lord? How much can we accomplish while having to abide even in these unrighteous lockdowns? Well, how much did Apostle Paul accomplish while he was in prison? He wrote epistles, letters to congregations that are still instructing us beautifully today. Epistles like Ephesians. And while he was in prison, he wrote about spiritual warfare. Now, how does a man do that except being led by the Holy Spirit? And so this is a reality now. And again, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to go into Ephesians 6. If you have your word out, go ahead and flip to Ephesians 6. And as we're reading this, say, Lord, help me apply this to my personality to my life, 
to my everyday existence, because this spiritual warfare is happening right now. And again, we're going to hear from our friend Trish. She's a true prophet of God. She's had some beautiful, incredible visitations um, from God Almighty. And so we'll hear sort of how God sees this spiritual warfare as well. And most importantly, how to be completely victorious in it. So we've got Ephesians 6. And remember, Apostle Paul wrote this while in prison. Okay? So surely we can win our own spiritual warfares in whatever state we are in at the time. And let's not forget that, you know, God doesn't see time in a linear fashion the way man does. God has an eternal perspective. So we can't ever look at a calendar day or uh, a time frame in our own eyes. It's up to us to say, okay, Lord, how do you see this? And understand the spiritual aspects of these, of these matters. So let's jump into Ephesians 6. We'll start in verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, God is exposing this spiritual wickedness that's been in high places for many generations. He's exposing it layer upon layer. And a lot of people are still sort of thinking, Oh, maybe this, a lot of people are still struggling. I should just clarify. Some people are still struggling with understanding the depth and breadth of the spiritual wickedness that has been running rampant. And part of that is because for a few, uh, few generations, Christians sort of thought, well, maybe it's okay if I don't get involved in this. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's not my place to say this. And now Christians are standing up with boldness, proclaiming Jesus Christ of Nazareth, letting those know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and walking in that strength and courage. And that's what is changing this whole dynamic that we see. It's, it's an incredible thing. It's truly incredible. And it has nothing to do with flesh and blood. It is spiritual warfare. It is those principalities and those rulers of the darkness of this world. But when we have the whole armor of God, we are victorious. So in verse 13, Apostle Paul says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now we have an awesome message on the shield of faith. It's, it really goes into depth on the whole Ephesians 6 and adds great knowledge and, and incredible instruction again for our lives. So be sure to go back to um, getyourloveon.org, the show archives, and I will reference it in the show archive for this show as well. It's certainly worth reviewing. Because being able to quench all those fiery darts of the wicked comes from the shield of faith. 
So let's do it. Let's have it. Let's do it. In verse 17, it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, as we get to know our word, it becomes that protective sword to slice and dice. (laughs) It's awesome. Verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Well, we're praying for this for each Christian today, that each of us speak boldly as we ought to speak by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's it. Let the Lord do the rest because the victory is his. And we get to be part of it as we speak boldly according to the Holy Spirit. So do you want to hear how to use your voice in powerful ways? Well, we have a message from our wonderful friend Trish that outlines this. First, I want you to hear for something very, very important. First, she gives uh, some exhortation and knowledge about the incredible rescue that God gives us by giving us the Holy Spirit by saving our souls for all eternity. So listen for that, that incredible rescue that it is to live with the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you, once you hear that, it's going to hit your heart. It's going to hit you. You're going to want to share it with everybody because it's so important. The eternal rescue that is living with the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. So first, I'm going to ask you to listen to that and then listen to how the personality of Jesus Christ, the examples in the word, are for us to live with every single day. And we get to be victorious in this spiritual warfare as we read our word and live it. So if you want to learn about active participation in the spirit, this message is for you. It's called Bind and Loose and How to Win Spiritual Warfare Through the Gift of the Holy Spirit. This is our friend Trish. So I'm going to start over in Matthew 8 verse 1. And this is speaking of Jesus. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. You know, that seems like a very simple statement, but I'm going to give a little background here and some personal uh, background on myself. Uh, What Jesus was doing here was he, he came down from the mountain. That means he was up somewhere. And he would go up into the mountain and he would pray. He would get his soul filled. He would get his soul filled up because he was pouring out virtue to the multitudes. Over in Matthew 14, and I'll just read it for you. It says in 14 verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Well, I do that. I do that every day. Every day, pretty much all day long, I my mountain is in my bedchamber. Anyone that knows me knows that about me. Where do you usually find me? In my bedchamber, tucked away with the Lord, praying. And Jesus, when he had given out, when he gave out, he always went and got filled up. He would go and he would pray. Over in Mark 3, 13, it says, And he goeth up into a mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. Do I ever do that? 
Yes. He shows us how to do it. You go, you get a hold of the Father, you see what the Father has to say, and then he would call his disciples, he would call different ones around him, and he would feed them. He would give them that word that the Father gave him. Do you know he did that as an example for us? That's the same example that I follow. It's the same example that each and every one of us needs to follow. When you're out and doing your dailies and you have busy lives, you get drained. When you speak, you're giving out virtue. When you're setting your hand to a task, you're expending energy. You're getting buffeted with all the rhetoric in the world and all the their ideas and all the mind that's out there and all the things that pound on you, on your soul. And that beautiful mind that you have that God's given you. And what do you do? You go aside. You go up into that mountain, that private place, wherever it is, tuck away and pray in your tongues. When you pray in your tongues, you get that infilling of the Holy Ghost anew, afresh, just like Jesus. He went and he had that intercessory prayer with God the Father. Do it in your car. Do it in your room. Do it in your quiet place, wherever you want to find that, and get that one-on-one -on -one and get filled up again. I think I was listening to a beautiful young minister, a young man named Corey, and he referred to something Brother Bob did, that old apostle. And I was there. I watched him do it. And he took a glass of water, but he took that glass of water. So picture it in your mind. And he filled that glass up. He did. He filled it right to the very top. And then he took a piece of paper and he tore it up and he put it on top. And he says, look at this glass. It's full of water. It's like a soul that's absolutely full of the Spirit of God. Prayed up. But those little pieces of paper stayed on top. They floated on top of that water. Even though they were full, those spirits were still able to rest on them and affect them. So what he did is he took a bottle of water and he started to pour it into that cup. And when he poured that water into the cup, the cup overflowed. And guess what? Those pieces of paper fell off. So how should you keep your vessel just full? No, you want to have it overflowing. You want to have an abundance of the Spirit. Don't just settle for, oh, I'm, I'm good to go, because then you're going to have things that can land on you and trouble you. So you want to go to your private place. You want to get quiet between you and God and just pray in those tongues. And all of everything that came on during the day is going to fall off. It's going to wash away. You want to be not just full. You want to be overflowing with his spirit. So that's why I took a little bit of time to tell you what Jesus was doing up on that mountain. But look what happened. So now he is overflowing. He's coming down and he has an overflow. So when he came down from the mountain, back in Matthew 8, verse 1, great multitudes followed him. Why? They'd heard about him. They'd heard about him. So in verse 2, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He wanted it. 
He said, Lord, I know you can make me clean if you will. He was pleading with him. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And that's something that man wanted it. Number one, that's the key. You have to want it. You have to want that deliverance. Number two, he asked for it. Number three, he believed for it. He believed Jesus could do it. And number four, he received it. And it was immediate. And Jesus said unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why Jesus would tell someone not to go tell anyone. One of them, which was very common, is if they were in an area where there's um, opposition to him. And if they were to go tell somebody, they could have talked them back under that affliction. You see where you have to stand fast on your healing? You have to stand fast in that deliverance. You have to stand fast and fight for it. The other thing too is Jesus knew his hour was coming and he was going to be thronged if he went and told everybody and they were just going to, you know, all close in on him, come running in. We want it. We want it. We want it. Because there's a lot of uh, people out there that they're just in it for the loaves and fishes. They want to see what they can get from Jesus. Jesus is looking for those souls that have that heart and have that desire to be available for him, to be available for his work and to be presentable as a representation of him on the face of this earth so that when souls come, they can see that same example through you that Jesus showed them. You will be doing the same things he did. You have to not do your own thing anymore. He wants people that want, that will represent him and bring those sheep to the father. Bring them in, free them up, give them that true example. Don't just come to him because you want something. That's a, a me, me approach. I want this and I want that and I want all the goods. No, you come ready to lay yourself down and take up for him the work. And it is amazing walk. It's an amazing life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing that can compare. It's wonderful. So, and then verse five, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now see, here's another man uh, that had that perfect heart, but he was beseeching the Lord here and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now look at the heart of that man. He was coming. He wasn't asking for himself. He was asking for his servant and he wanted his servant to be relieved. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. He was moved with compassion. 
The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's telling them something here. He says, look, you've just had an example of the most incredible faith. I've never, I haven't seen it. Obviously, he's run into an awful lot. I want you to read uh, through your Bible. Do it in your quiet place that you go to between you and God. That's the other way you get filled. Read your word. Pray in those beautiful heavenly, that heavenly language God gives you. Pray in those tongues. Drink that word in. Have God give you the revelation of what he is actually saying in his word because it is spiritually interpreted. Not by the natural mind, not by the letter, but the, the mystery of the word is opened by the revelation of the spirit and mind of God. So take your time and get in there and read about it and ask Jesus, well, what did you run into? And he'll show you. So what does he mean? That the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you know that I've seen this? Do you know that I know what that looks like? It, during my life, I'll give you a little background. During my life, I thought I was a really good person. I thought I lived a very clean, wholesome, upright life. I thought I was a good person. And I based everything that I did upon everything that the world taught me to do. Everything that the world taught me to do. I did it with all my, my might. And, but I'm telling you, there were stuff out there that I'd just been lied to. And I was doing things that I believed were okay. That yeah, was acceptable. Yeah, this is just fine. And it wasn't in the sight of God, but nobody had told me that before. And when somebody did come and tell me about it, I'm going, whoa, I'm not going to do that anymore. I repented. I said, Lord, I want to start all new. And you show me what you think is right, what you are pleased with, because I've been lied to. I was told these things were okay. I've been lied to. That night, after I got baptized and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Lord came to me. And he just took me by the hand and he took me down this. It was like a manhole. And we went down, down this manhole. It just went down, down into the depths of the earth. And it was a spiritual place. I went down there and down, it was this round culvert, huge round culvert, maybe the, almost the height of this room around. And I looked down at the end of the culvert and there was some light down there and there was a big metal door and it was open. So it let some light in so I could see. 
and it was uh, damp and dark and there was, you know, water on the ground, just a, a little bit of water on the ground and slime on the walls of, the, of this round. Oh, it was terrible. And then all of, I looked around and I, I just gasped. Oh, because there were people there. There were people there. And I watched them. And they were screaming and clawing and gnashing. Oh, it was horrible. And they were trying to climb out and they couldn't move an inch. Weeping and wailing and gnashing. And they were clawing and literally ripping their nails off trying to get out. And could not move. Could not get out. And I looked down at that door and it just went, whoa, big hollow sound. And it was absolutely black. And bam, we went up. And the Lord turned to me and he said, that's what you just came out of. If I had not done what the Lord had instructed me to do, get baptized, get filled with his spirit, repent, repent of my old ways, and take on a whole new behavior, a whole new way of looking at things, and a whole new way of doing things. He said, that would have been where you would have gone when you left this life. And I was lifted up and brought into the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But he said, that's where you would have ended up. I just shook. I wasn't afraid. It was just such a revelation and a realization of someone that was walking around on the face of this earth and you're going to look at them all over the place and they think they're just fine. They think they're just fine. They're going to be just fine. And it's not. It's going to be a shocker. It's going to be a real shocker. So yes, I'll do whatever the Lord gives me to do to prevent a soul from going there and ending up like that. So I knew about that outer darkness and that weeping and gnashing of teeth. So why were they sent there? Well, over in Matthew 21, verse 43, I'm going to very briefly tell you. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. You have to bear fruit. See, they had the, now these ones that he's talking about, they had the kingdom of God. He's talking about the religious world at that time. Ones that were professing to know the Lord. Professing that they were a Christian. But they weren't doing it. They weren't bringing forth fruit. I'm going to just read a little Outline here from Matthew 25. I'm going to start in verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, his influence. For I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. Have you made a meal for another person? I know this woman would really appreciate having a meal made for her. Ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. Now that hunger and that thirst can come in many forms. Does she need help? Does she need support? Does she need comfort? Does she need edification? Yeah, I was a stranger 
and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? I'm just going to use her as an example. Do you mind, dear? I'm going to use her as an example. Because the Lord told me to. Because I see your record. You're a very giving, you're a very kind woman. And you give, and you give, and you give. And you're very deserving to have that labor lifted off of you and others to pour into you. You really do deserve it, dear. And it's an opportunity for others to get that great blessing that the, that the sheep get, not these goats. Okay, when did we not minister to thee? Then shall he answer them saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. If this one needed help and there were ones that were able to help and didn't do it, that's the Lord's answer. That's the Lord's answer. I want you to know that. Now, I am just using her as an example. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. When I heard about that, I immediately started to take up, in, as a young Christian, I immediately started to take up and I saw the labor that um, the older ones had put in. So I'm going, well, I'm going to help out here. And uh, they were busy in their chamber, waiting on the Lord, deliberating over the people. And so I said, well, I'm going to help you clean your house. I'm going to help you clean your house. So I would go in their home. I would take a toothbrush. I would, this, my mindset, if I'm going to do something, I'm going all out. I'm going to do it all out to the very best of my ability with all my might, with all my heart. And I would take an old, not a new toothbrush that I used. I would take an old toothbrush and I would take a bunch of Q-tips. <laughs> so that's a little indicator of how intense the cleaning was. And the other thing that I'd been taught, as soon as I learned it, I took it on. I started doing it. So I went in. I was just full of gusto. Yay. I'm glad. It's paid off. I think I'll stay that way all my days. It's a good way to stay. So anyway, I, I would go in there and I'm going, well, I'm not just going to clean the surface stuff. I'm going to clean the air. I'm going to clean this house, not just on the outward, the natural things. I'm going to clean it in the spirit. So while I was scrubbing and getting my Q-tip in those corners and taking my toothbrush and, you know, cleaning around, doing the, I would go from one end to the other. I would be praying in my tongues. So I wasn't just cleaning the outside of everything. I was cleaning the air too. And what was so amazing is I would work very, very hard. And as soon as I got the very last thing done, and I'm praying in tongues with all my might, as soon as it was all finished, that's when they would come home and I would be all done. 
So their home was ready. I didn't need accolades. I didn't need anything. All I needed to do was know that I pleased God. I bore fruit and that when I enter in, he'll say, enter in thou good and faithful servant. I saw you when you did it to the least of these. I saw you. And I'm going, oh, yay. I got my reward. And I went out knowing I'd received from God and that they would be blessed, that that burden was taken off of them and they would have rest. They would be blessed. They would be comforted. And all my days, that's why when I come in a home, I see how can I minister to this person? Even in the simplest little ways, what can I do to make sure that their home is entreated carefully? and with love and consideration. So the Lord, he did, he gave me a great and wonderful gift in that. I wanted to share that with you. So when you're embarking in a brand new journey with the Lord, have that mind in you. Be prepared to take up whatever you can. Have the Lord say, Lord, Lord, just pray in your tongues. Lord, Lord, what can I do? Just look, Let lay your eyes on it and listen to him. Oh, can you pick that up? Oh. This needs to be done. Oh, um, take out and vacuum that or sweep this or whatever. And when you do it, clean the air too. Whatever it is, it could be any number of things. Does that person need a hug? Do they need an encouraging word? When you're praying, God will show you exactly what they need. And especially when you're young and able, take up and do those things that when you're older and a little more worn, you're not having to still carry it. It's just a good thing. Um, do your children do that for you? They do, don't they? Do your children do that for you? They do. Our daughter does. She still cares for us. She's there 24 seven at our beck and call whenever we need something because they know, she knows the labor that we've labored. She knows the, what we've had to lay down and she's there to take up so that we can be freed up to do other things and also so that we'll live longer. <laughs> I will live longer because, you know, these bodies wear out. Repetitive motion is going to wear out. So I, I bring bendy people with me so they can bend. I can bend down and pick things up, but they're more bendy. So they can, I have bendy people come with me. <laughs> I'm giving you some tips of how to get your polish in the kingdom of God, how to get your mansion that you right now, brand new Christians are building in the heavenly places in the temple of God. You are building a mansion right now by every time you do something selfless for the Lord, for a soul. And now this this soldier, this, this centurion, he's, he's entreating for a servant. And God's heart was so moved. And he was so, he knew all Jesus had to do was speak. Now I'm going to lay this down in you. How powerful are your words? So now we know, now here's some of the fruits the, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I'll just read them off really quick. But the fruit of the Spirit. See, Jesus said, I'm going to take the kingdom from those that don't bear fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. Are you showing your love one to another? 
when you're taking up a, the care of somebody, you're showing love to them. Love is very selfless. It's very giving. It's very hands-on doing. Joy, are you full of joy? To see, am I bearing fruit? Am I full of joy right now? Or am I being pissy? Think about it. Say, well, Lord, I want joy because I want to be showing your fruits so that when I see you, when I leave this life, you'll enter me in. So Lord, give me joy. Joy, 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 joy. Just walk around. I heard a little gal, she got in her car and she said, she just called out in her car, I love the Lord more than anything. I love the Lord more than anything. I love the Lord more than anything. Next thing you know, she was just bursting at the seams, but she made her declaration. You see, I want joy. Joy, 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 joy. Do it. Peace. If there's turmoil, just say no. Peace. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Peace. Just proclaim peace. Use your voice and have the Lord. The Lord will meet you there and pray in your tongues and proclaim peace. Long suffering. Very patient not a hot head, <laughs> not a short fuse, long suffering. If it takes a while for someone to learn something, have patience, long suffering. Or if it takes a while for the Lord to fulfill something, be long suffering with him. He'll, he'll do it. Or if you need to be delivered from something, be long suffering, whatever it is, just stick with the Lord and say, well, joy, 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 love, 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 love. I'm going to keep doing it. And you know, he will fulfill whatever it is you need to have fulfilled. Gentleness. Be gentle. Don't be harsh with one another. Be tender and gentle and kind. Goodness. Whatever you do, have it filled with goodness. Faith. Have that faith. That absolute, unshakable, unmovable steadfast. I know if Jesus, if you just say it, it's done. Faith. You say it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it's done. Meekness. Not a bully. Not coming in and barking and pushing people around. Temperance. Stay level and don't overdo anything. Keep a balance. Just keep a balance in your life. Against such, there is no law. So just get Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Write it out, maybe. Put it on your wall. Put it somewhere where you can reflect on it. And say, am I demonstrating all of these things? Anything starts to crop up. Does this line up here? Yeah, just go to it. Go to the Lord. Go to his word. Pray in that heavenly language. Just let it come out. Just pray in that heavenly language. Yes, you do have it. You do, you do. <laughs> Just let it out. Have the faith. Thank you for filling me, Lord. That's it. Just let it out. So let's go back to Matthew 8. So here this centurion came to him. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. There's the key word. You have to believe it. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour because he believed it. He asked for it and he believed it. And, was, and when Jesus was come into Peter's house, 
he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand. And the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. She just right away got up and began to minister to them, taking care of them. I'm sure she fed them and gave them whatever they needed. And when even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Did that last week, didn't we? Well, that thing had to leave. Did anybody see a change in her countenance? It's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Didn't God give you a commission now? It's your, your turn to do your part. That's right. So she, I know she's making notes, mom. This young woman is making notes. You are, aren't you? How to do this, how to keep your vessel clean. And I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. So he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. See, God showed me her body is perfectly whole. There is nothing wrong with her physical body. It's all the demon control that has plagued and played with her all these years. And those things leave at the name and commandment and word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They're gone. Keep them gone. James 4, 7, and this is what I gave her last week, and I'll, I'll say it again. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Just go to him. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That, is, that doesn't say he might. If you resist him, he will flee. He will flee. And he'll do that for every single soul. Now, I am just using this beautiful woman, and I'm sure you don't mind me using you for an example, do you, dear? There you go. Thank you, sweetheart. You're so darling and precious to the heart of the Lord. But there's so many souls out here that out there that need to hear these things. They need to know that God is real today and does these things today. Thank you so much, darling. You're very sweet. See, she's not all puffed up. Not at all. Not at all. See, you're being you're already being used by the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So now we know when you resist the devil, he will flee. Just resist him. Just resist him. Over in Jeremiah 4, 14, O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Do you see how you have to start discerning vain thoughts? and root them out and get rid of them. Do you see how I'm giving you a whole new approach to things right now? So for, like I said, the very first thing I said, Lord, I want to know what you think. I know what the vanity was spoken in my mind and what my thoughts were before. And I know what I thought about things and I found out it was vain. I'm going, I don't want those thoughts anymore. I don't want those responses anymore. Lord, what do you think and how do you respond? And I removed those vain thoughts, the way I used to do things, the way I used to think about things. I removed them and I took on the way God thought. So how long shall thy vain thoughts, and you notice how it belonged to that person, not to God, lodge in thee? Get rid of those vain thoughts. How do you do it? You get in your word. You pray in your tongues. 
and ask God, Lord, keep my vessel clean. You've cleaned me out. You keep my vessel clean. All right. James 3, 17. But wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. It doesn't fake it. It's real. You can't fake it with God because God sees everything. He knows everything. You can't fake it. And you can't just say, well, I, I want this one, but not that one. No, uh-uh. Uh-uh. No partiality. God's way. God's choice. His fruits are his fruits. So over in Isaiah, I'm going to talk about what happened to Lucifer, Satan. What happened? In Isaiah 14, 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Now, see, he actually weakened the nations. He took a beautiful, full, healthy body and weakened it. Peter's mother was weakened. She had a fever. What did Jesus do? He touched her and the fever left because the power of God was in his touch. Have you seen that, Dr. J? Yeah, seen it. Where when Satan would come and weaken someone's body and Jesus comes into the room and comes into their life and delivers them, that body is strengthened and Satan is removed. So how did he weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, now this is how, how Satan talks, and this is how you're going to know when it's not the mind of God presenting itself to you. We've learned a few things. How does it make me feel? Am I full of joy? Am I full of peace? Or am I tormented? Am I depressed? Am I full of rage and jealousy? Do any of those things sound like the fruits of the Spirit? No. So right away you know, it's not you, Lord. I reject it. Leave it. For here's Satan. This is how he, how he talked. And how he talks today. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. He wants to stand over you. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I'm going to be like God. So what did God say about that? See, he wants to assert himself over you. He wants to rule over you. He wants to take the mind of God away from you, displace it, and put his mind in there. That's why you have to know the difference between the mind of Satan and the mind of God. Satan loves to get everything his way. Do you notice how he said, I, 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 me, 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 me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it this way. That doesn't suit me. I, 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 me, me, me. No, the Lord is not that way. The Lord is very meek and lowly. The Lord, the spirit of the Lord, it says, esteem the other greater esteem the other greater, preferring one another. You would prefer her. She would prefer you. You would prefer her. 
when you're interacting. You prefer one another. You don't boss them around or lord over them. You prefer one another. And it works because every one of you is looking how you can do something for the other one. So everybody's taking care of everybody. Isn't that amazing how it works together? You're caring for one another. You're taking up the needs of one another. You know where you fit in that structure. So nobody's having to ask for anything because you're already seeking the Lord, finding out what they need. And if they do ask, you know, out of sincerity and out of need, then be agreeable. Um, my, my daughter doesn't always know what my husband and my needs are. So we ask her and she, yes, mom, yes, dad. And that's the sweetest thing you've ever heard. Now they've heard it. When have you ever heard her say no? Never. Have you ever heard her complain? Anybody? No. Yes, mom. Yep. Right away. Okay. Sometimes she'll just, I'll text her and she'll go, okay. And she's there and does it. Sometimes she doesn't feel real good either. Have you ever seen that? And she'll muster and she'll do it. She pushes past her own flesh because it's not about me, me, I, I. Well, I don't want to because I'm not feeling well. We don't get that. She pushes past that and she presses in and takes up because it's a selfless walk. You get rid of me. You get rid of the big I, 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 I. And you start saying, well, Lord, what would you like? Lord, what would you like? It's a most wonderful thing. But see, there's uh, Satan's nature. So if you ever feel that and you start feeling the big, I, I, I don't want to do this. And I, I, I don't want to do that. And what about me? I need more attention. Or meh. You'll watch it. Little kids, they have to learn how to get rid of that. <laughs> Moms are shaking their heads. And you raise them up to learn not to be selfish, how to care for, how to be this perfect example. And you have long suffering and patience, but a consistency, just consistently helping them. All right. So what did the Lord say about that behavior? Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. That kind of behavior takes you there. Now, I didn't know my behavior took me those places. But once I knew about it, I changed it. See how wonderful God is? Once you know about it, then change it. And you're spared that. He's so merciful. He's so good. So what did Jesus do then? He did something very wonderful for all of us. And it is in effect today. Over in Luke 10, verse 18, it says, And he, speaking of Jesus, said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He was cast down for that behavior. That me, 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 I, 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 I'm going to be the big shot. I'm going to call all the shots and I'm going to manipulate everything. And I'm going to have everything my way. There's a lot of other behaviors of Satan. Just read your Bible, learn about it. You'll get to know it and then you'll know how to cut him off at the pass. Resist him and he will flee. Well, I beheld him falling as lightning from heaven and behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all 
the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus just gave you that. He gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, those stinking things that sting and try and poison you and make you sick and over all the power of the enemy. Now, Satan has a certain amount of power, but he doesn't have more power than you. You have power over him to boot him out, to rule over him, to cast him away from you. This is the charge and the power and authority God gives to his faithful people, the ones that bear fruit. The faithful people of God have this power. That's why you want to bear that fruit. That's why you want to be selfless. That's why you want to pattern yourself after the Lord and reshape yourself like him in your behavior, in your thought patterns, in all of it. And this is the charge that he gives us, all of us, his faithful people. Luke 9 verse 1, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils to cure disease. All of them, not some of them, all of them, every single last one. I've had ones come at me. I've had one come at me. It tried to afflict me with an asthmatic attack. And I said, oh, no, you don't. And I felt it, the, the inflammation going in my lungs. And in the spirit, I'm going, get the heck out. How dare you try and approach my body? And that thing just went and left. Because I had power and authority over it. And I took and exercised that power and authority by the power and authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in me. It had no place in this temple. No way, no how. Ma, be gone. I've had spirits come in front of my face and I said back to them, I smacked them so hard. And I said, you will rue the day you ever came in front of my face. Bugger off. I bind you in chains and I cast you down into the pit of hell. You bugger off. Don't you ever come back and even begin to try and torment any of God's righteous people. Don't you even. Don't you come back and even trouble anybody. You just stay right there until the day of judgment. Then you'll receive your reward for your wicked ways and your evil deeds. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. That's what you can do. You have God gives you that power and authority to do that. All right. Amen. 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 And the more you do it, the stronger you get at it. Be like that centurion. All you have to do is say it and it will be done. But I get in, I'm, I'm smacking a lot. I smack a lot. Oh, man. Oh, oh, another thing that I do is in the spirit. You just visualize it. Put on spiky boots smack them down and then stomp on them till there's nothing left oh yeah why not have fun with it yeah go to town beat those buggers up mm -hmm. they do not belong anywhere near the temple of god the temple that you have it contains the holy ghost that is holy 
keep it full, not just full, keep it overflowing. So make sure you go up in your mountain, wherever it is, because what you're going to is the mountain of God. You're lifting yourself above the things of this world when you go into that place where you pray and get along with him. All right. So now we've got power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Now, see, once you go down into that water of baptism and you come up again and you get the Holy Ghost, it doesn't just stop there. You're embarked on a whole new journey. That whole, see, you become, they say, well, you're a new man now. Uh, be warmed and filled with sea. Go. No, 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 no. You got to start taking it on. See, that's why I'm, I am very careful to feed the new sheep, to teach the new sheep, to raise the new sheep up in all those things that God, that they've just obtained and to teach them how to navigate now in the kingdom of God, how to navigate as that new creature, how to get rid of that old man, how to go forward and how to have authority. Now, I gave you an example of how I talk to some of those things, but you have to recognize them when they present themselves to you. Now, there's your keys. Okay, am I feeling this? The love, joy, and peace, and just get it written out there. Is this how this feels, or am I feeling crappy? Well, leave. Leave my body, leave it now. David and I have to fight it off all the time. Any kind of physical affliction that tries to come at us, we just rebuke it and fight it off. And it does leave. It's, it's amazing. Sometimes you just need to have good good rest too. Just lie down and get a good rest. I'm going to sleep now. Let your body recover. Build it up. Use good wisdom. You know, the herb of the field, well, um, it's there to nurture your body. Use wisdom. Don't put a bunch of chemicals and crap and altered foods in your body and think it's all going to work right. These things are, you know, these natural carcasses, they need tender love and care. So I uh, use wisdom. How do you get the answers? Go pray. Go to your mountain, pray, ask God, and he will show you. And he'll show you, okay, who has the, this kind of understanding? He'll lead you to them. What, what's going to work for your body? And build it up so it will work for the whole time that you need to be here. All right, so now we've got this ability to have power and authority over all devils. Over in Psalms 149 and verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Now, this is your new Christian. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. From this day forward, just praise God. Praise him. Let that be what's coming out of your mouth. Get in your scripture. If you don't know how to do it, just get in your scripture and start reading. Oh, King David knew how to praise God. Or just say, bless God. Bless his holy name. Bless your holy name. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bless you. Just praise him. God, you're a wonderful God. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for making me feel better. Thank you for helping me see what I need to do. You know, just start praising him and thanking him for everything that he's doing in your life. Thank you for giving me this power and authority. Okay, so let the praise of God be in your mouth and, whoa, this is awesome what he's also going to give you, and a two-edged sword in their hand. Do you know what that two-edged sword is? It's the Word of God. It cuts in and it cuts out. It will cut people into the kingdom of God and it'll cast things out. It goes both ways. That's why it's got two edges. What is it for? 
to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Foul spirit. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Do you remember what I did when I told that spirit it had to leave? I bound it in chains. So if you're going to talk to a spirit and cast it out, you go right to the very core. If And they do dwell inside of people. Here's the thing. They do dwell inside of people. Do you see how they say punishments upon the people? Vengeance upon the heathen? Who's a heathen? Someone that does not have the infilling of the Holy Ghost and has the devil working inside their member. He has a voice too. He talks too. You got to know what his speech is. And if I know um, many times my husband would be on, you know, when he was on a job, there was a time when, you know, we ministered, but we, he was on a natural job. You know, we didn't desire to be burdensome to anybody. We really didn't. Uh, and we didn't of our own selves. God, you know, as his body wore out, the Lord had to take him up. But as long as he was able to put his hand to the plow and work, he did. And he worked hard. He worked hard here mentally. He worked hard before the Lord because he pressed into the Lord for the Lord to show him how to be capable and have a great ability in whatever he set his hand to. And there would be ones that would be working in that workforce and they were the heathen. They had very foul nature, very foul behavior. If you look at that outline of the fruits of the spirit, you wouldn't see any of those things coming out of them. Those things are nasty. Those things are vicious. They're vindictive. They're sneaky. They lie. They cheat. They steal. And they certainly do not like the Holy Ghost. No, the devil doesn't like the Holy Ghost. No way. They want, what does the devil want to do? The devil wants to rule over the Spirit of God. So what is one of those heathens, a, someone with those kind of spirits in them, what are they going to do? They're going to want to put you down. They're want, going to want to sabotage you. They're going to want to torment you some way or another. Make life miserable for you. So once one of those would come on to the job, David would come home and he'd get in there and he'd say, Lord, you get them out of there. Lord, you remove that spirit, that unsavory spirit right out of there. And then he would have long, he would long suffer it, but he would tell the Lord and sure enough, they'd be gone. One thing or another would happen and they would be gone. Why? because he exercised his authority, his power and authority over those devils, and he commanded them to leave. This is Get Your Love on Radio here on Remnant Radio 100.1 FM. Thank you so much for being here. As you just heard, we get to take the power and authority of God Almighty when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, vocalize it in personal and practical, very practical ways, and live in great victory. Now, this message from our wonderful friend Trish does continue, and we featured it in its totality on September 27th, so I will reference it in the show archives because, again, it's pretty much, uh, if you're new to the faith, if you're just, if you've recently been baptized and you, you think, well, Lord, I want to make sure I do it the right way, this message, as you heard, lays it out in beautiful and again, personal, practical details. So we want to make sure you have that knowledge to walk in the newness of life and Christ's great authority and incredible victory. Uh, so yes, we just heard that and we will reference it 
today in in today's show archives. You know, it's it's as you heard so important to understand just the basic fact that God's ways are not man's ways and God's timing not man's timing. God works in dispensations and movements of the spirit. And so he knows God does, God Almighty. He knows exactly how to win battles in their totality, in completion, not just for convenience sake or not just at the surface level. God knows how to win the depth and the breadth of these battles, these spiritual battle battles. And we're seeing this happen around the globe as righteous Christians are praying in unison and in fervent unity. <laughs> the movement of God has been loosed and there's no stopping it. We get to be part of this, especially when we read the word. And again, not just reading it by the letter, as you heard our friend Trish say, we get to get in the word and ask the Lord to show us these deeper meanings and how we can apply it to our lives. It's so important to do. We get to live the word and the promises in the Bible for each one of us, the miracles, they are ours. And the reality of the word is ours as we actively walk in the spirit. God does reveal himself to the prophets. It's all, the word of God is so incredible to me because the more you live it, the more you see how much living it is the only way to live. (laughs) I think, I hope that made sense because there is no greater life. There is no more fulfilling existence on this earth. And of course, there is no better way to ensure eternity is with the Lord than living the word of God. So not only do we have the best of this life, but we have the best of the one to come as well. And of course, there's nothing better. But as I mentioned, God does reveal himself to the prophets, and that is in the word. Amos 3, 7, it says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his prophet, the ser- unto his servants, the prophets. So it's clear that God's prophets, those true servants, with the office of being God's mouthpiece to the nations, have declared a great victory for the righteous, as well as great judgment for the wicked. This is a really important thing that the Lord's doing right now. In Luke 12, 2, it says, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. So we have our beloved prophet of God, Trish, and her husband, his name's David. You heard her mention him in that message uh, as well. Both prophets of God diligently waiting on the Lord, and the Lord rewarded them with incredible visitations because she actively seeks God in the Spirit. And so, yes, he actively rewards her with these profound visitations. So we have some of that for you today. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, I'm going to encourage you to create a new tab in your browser. Just go to radioremnant.org because you're not going to want to miss these revelations. Both are as I mentioned, are God's prophets, quite the team. And as you'll hear, they've been learning what God is really doing 
in this hour. So create that new tab in your browser. Now's the time to do it. Go to RadioRemnant.org. I don't want you to miss this. And here we have some beautiful visitations from true prophets of God. Greetings, everyone. I just wanted to take some time this morning to share with you a sequence of visitations that I've had when I would wait on the Lord and I would go before his throne and inquire of him. Now, the first time I did this recently was just before the election, when the Lord started showing me a layout of what was happening up before the throne, what he was doing across the face of this earth and doing in the heavenlies, what it looked like to him. And I asked him, Lord, what are you doing? And what does it look like from your vantage point? And each time I would go, he would show me just a quick flash. The first time uh, when I would go up, uh, it was before the election, during the election, and for some time after the election, several days after the election, every time I would look in, I would see innumerable angels in hand-to-hand combat. It was vicious, it was intense, it was as far as you could see, left, right, front and center, up, down, north, south. It was just a maze of this incredible battle that was going on. Then it changed. I went up one morning, I, I don't know, I can't remember the times, it's either in the wee hours of the morning, late at night, whenever the Lord, uh, I get caught up with him. I went before the throne and I made the inquiry of the Lord and he showed me from the throne, he, I saw the angels of the Lord, the warrior angels of the Lord, and they were lined in perfect lines as far as you could see, north to south, as far as you could see, east to west. And they had a definite line. They were absolutely in sequence. They were absolutely synchronized. And they weren't standing still. They weren't running. They were marching, marching in a steady pace forward. They weren't standing still. They were marching in a steady state uh, pace forward. Nobody can penetrate that front line. I saw that. And down between the rows, I'm going, Lord, well, it looks like the rows are kind of exposed here. And he says, no, look closer. Each warrior angel had a sword coming out of their hand, going side by side to the other angel beside them. And in the middle of that sword was a round buzzsaw disc. So anything tried to come down those open gaps in between the rows, they would have just literally been shredded. And I'm going, ooh, nothing's going through there. So it was covered. And from that, I knew, oh, they've got all their evidence. They've got their plan lined out. They've got all the facts and all the evidence lined out. The next day, it was either within a day or two, There was an announcement, we've got all the evidence, we've got it lined out, we're going to present it to the courts. So I knew from that that they had it, that it was coming, that they had it. See, God sees everything way ahead. He sees what we can't see with our naked eye, but he sees all things. Anybody that thinks they're hiding anything or getting away with anything, they're fooling themselves. So I saw that and I I took heart, I was encouraged. I'm going, okay, they got it lined out. Here we go. The next time I went before the Lord and, uh, you know, they said, okay, we're going to be starting our court cases. Well, the court cases hadn't come out yet. I went to visit the Lord. 
I said, okay, Lord, what is what are you doing from your throne? What does it look like in the heavenlies? And I saw a single person with a hand plow going through the earth. And the plow, it was one person standing behind that plow. Saints of God, when you set your hand to that plow, don't look back. Just keep moving forward and don't stop. Just keep going. And in the front of the plow, it wasn't a single one. It had, I think, a row of five discs. And it was pushing this, this plow through. And as the plow went through, each disc would dig the earth and turn it over. Overturn it. Overturn it. Overturn it. And I'm going, okay, that earthly campaign is going to get overturned. And then I saw someone come along and it was getting prepared to reveal good soil so that seed could be sown. Now, I have listened to uh, different prophecies that have come out over the last while. I did hear a prophet talk about this seed that's going to be sown. See, God is God. There's one mind, one God, one spirit. And those that visit him, they will be getting this same mind from the Lord. Regardless of how God shows it to them, regardless of what their platform or understanding is, the mind of God is the mind of God. And you will see a common thread in it when it truly is from the Lord. And that's what I watch for. I listen to for the voice of the Lord. I know what he sounds like. I know what it's like. I, I visit him. And I know when somebody has had a visitation with him. And so do you, you um, souls that have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Lord. The more you establish that, the more that relationship is full-bodied. You will know when somebody's been there because you're going to go, oh yeah, I saw that too. And you'll know. There's that common place in the throne room of God where the saints, the true saints of God, where his spirit will gather. And this is the honor and the privilege that his saints are allotted from God, that freedom and that liberty that he's given us to freely go before him. And no man can constrain that. No device, nothing can constrain that unless you give up that right on your own. But God doesn't take it from you. You have to give it up and then he will remove himself if you've deemed it to be so. But anyway, moving forward, I saw that and I'm going, okay, things are going to start turning over and getting revealed. Right after that, there, were, there was evidence starting to come out. They were going before panels. The witnesses were coming forward. It was right after I had that vision and the Lord showed me, okay, I'm going to start turning, turning things over and you're going to get a good look. You're going to get a good look and that bad ground's going to be laid down, laid away. So sure enough, uh, within a couple of days, they started getting the panels together and all this different evidence was coming out. All this information was coming out. And then I went before the Lord. This one was a little alarming. What I saw, I said, okay, Lord, what are you doing now? And he showed me a hole in the ground. And it was about the size of a man's head. And I looked in that hole and about two inches down, I saw the face of a man. It was the president. I saw his face. He was buried under the earth. And I saw a foot trying to kick the dirt, that last little kick over his face and stomp it down. But it couldn't. That boot, that, that dirty boot was trying to kick dirt over 
top of his face and over his head, but it couldn't do it. It, it just couldn't do it ma no matter how hard it tried. And then the next thing I saw, I saw some cheerleaders in a circle and they were standing in the circle. They were four full grown men that were very fit, very exercised, they're perfect syn synchronization. They were in a circle and they were looking to the inside of the circle. And then all at once in unison, they bent forward. Every one of them reached down and gave out a great shout and they threw their arms into the air. And when they threw their arms into the air, our president came flying out and he was at attention and his face was looking straight up, looking straight up. And it, there was a, a great shout of victory. Right after that, there was, shortly after that, there was a joining and a unification of the people of God praying. And this was launched right after that, after that great shout and picked him up and threw him out. There was a Valkyrie cry and the people gathered together and prayed. And we felt that wave of prayer, which we enjoined with, go across the country, all the way across the country. That was that unified shout and that unified prayer of the man Christ Jesus in those exercised vessels of God for that appointed hour to dig him out of that hole and cast him up and, and have that victory shout. I did feel the wave go across the country. I felt it at 3 a.m. I, I watched my time frame and I heard a great crack. It was like a thunder, but it wasn't thunder. It was a crack. It was a sound. It was like an explosion, but it wasn't an explosion. And it just seared and pierced, pierced through the air at 3 a.m. And it just shook and broke everything open. I felt it happen. It was quite something. So this morning I woke up and I looked in again. I went and I looked and I inquired of the Lord and he showed me the earth. And there was a shovel on the earth and it was trying to move the earth the, and underneath the topsoil there was all this, these bars, these metal bars. So nothing could be planted in the earth, nothing could grow or prosper. It was just when that shovel would go down, there's just metal bars. And I looked up and there was a ceiling. And the Lord gave me Leviticus 26 verse 19. And I will break the pride of your power. And I will make your heavens as iron and your earth as brass. So who is he talking about? The next thing he showed me is he laid down his skirts. These skirts came out from before the throne and they were covered with blood. And he gave me Jeremiah 2.34. Also in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. And over in Psalms 106, 37 and 38, it describes it. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, the idol of Baal. And the land was polluted with blood. 
That is the cry. And God says for all those that stand with that sacrifice of innocent blood, sacrificing unborn children, he's going to break the, the pride of their power and he will make the heaven as iron and the earth as brass. Nothing they do will prosper. And if they cry out, their prayers will not be heard. They won't lift off the ground. And that's what God proclaimed this morning when he looked upon them and the wickedness that's flowed out over this country. And I pray for great mercy for those that have been beguiled of that great campaign that God will be merciful and lift the, the cloud off their eyes that they could repent and come free of that incredible bondage of Baal and the great lie that's been spread across the face of this earth. So there is a righteous cry going across the land. The Lord said, the unrighteous will not prosper in their way, so I will stand on that. So we'll watch and see what God does in the coming days. I want to share with you two, two dreams that he gave to a prophet that he shared with me when we, we go out every day and pray. We go and pray and get our petitions before the Lord with great joy and thanksgiving. We, we wave to the neighborhood and they see us coming and light up and wave back. They delight. One woman called us over and, and we said, they, she said, hi. And um, she asked, what are you doing? And we say, well, we pray through the neighborhoods. We're ministers, we're Christian ministers, and we pray for our neighborhoods. And she said, bless God, she rejoiced. She absolutely rejoiced and she about her and her husband about jump out of their skin when they see that the voice, the voice of God is being lifted up in their neighborhood to bless them. And it will continue. All our days we will continue upon the face of the earth regardless because that is the liberty that God has given us is to be able to proclaim him one on one before God and get our voices out to him. We're fighting for that privilege to remain, but it will always, I want you to know, it will always remain with God. No man can take that from you. Ask Daniel about it. Ask Joseph about it. Ask those that have gone before you about it. So I'm going to get to Brother David's dream. In his dream, he was in a room and it was a camp, get like a camp. Everybody was gathered there. Everyone was in the room rejoicing, uh, fellowshipping one with another. And a dear saint of ours that has gone on to the Lord came and walked amongst us. And she was very beautiful. Uh, Brother David tried to describe her as best he could. He said she was not in a glorified state, but she had a body that just glowed. It was beautiful. And of course, when he saw that, he ran right up to her and he began to you know, just pellet her with questions. And she says she's very, very happy there. She's glad to be there. She's having a wonderful time getting to know the different personalities. And they're all so different. She's talking to Paul. She's talking to Isaiah. She's talking to Ezekiel. She's talking to Peter and John. She's talking to Brother Bob. She's talking to Muriel and Angus. She's talking to all of them, every one of them. She's getting to know them intimately. And the one thing that was quite profound is they are dramatically different. 
their personalities and makeup is dramatically different. And he, and he did ask her questions, and there were certain questions, the majority of them, she says, I can't answer that. You just walk your walk. Just one day at a time, the Lord will unfold it. So there are certain things that God does reserve to himself that only he can reveal in his hour. He did not reveal to her the hour he was going to take her. But she delights that she was able to obtain that hour. And she said, what I would say to all the people that remain still here upon the face of the earth, she said, look, uh, government officials are going to come and go. All of these things that times and seasons, they change. It don't get too overwrought about any of it. Just keep, God has a perfect plan in all things that he does. Just keep walking forward and going towards the prize. Do not turn to the left or the right. Stay on course and you'll make it. Just stay on course and you'll make it. Now it's very, very important. And for those hours when there are, there's times and seasons and we've known them. We've known those times and seasons. And the scripture plainly said, there are seasons where you tuck under the wing of the Lord and you wait until the indignation be passed. Well, obviously the judgment of God is going across the face of this earth. So no matter what happens, you stay intact. You stay where you are before the Lord. He will bless his people. He will hide and cover his people under his wing when necessary. And he will bring them forward when necessary. It's all in God's hands. All the times and seasons are in God's hands. Just rejoice in him and keep moving forward. And Brother David understood that. And he was, you know, despairing of even having to be here in this fallen realm and walk in these carcasses because there's such an onslaught. But here the enemy, it does want to, the enemy does want to take every voice and shut every voice. And I was, I, I felt that in the spirit. And I said, will you please pray? I called different prayer warriors. I said, please pray that God lift his heart because it is critical to have him here at this time. And Lord visit him because he's very tucked away. He's a soldier that was on the front line for many, many years. And now he's tucked away. His body gave out on him. But he is preserved of the Lord and still visited by God and interacts with him every day. And he is a stabilizing force for the people of God. And I said, uh, pray that his heart is lifted. And before the day was through, his heart was lifted and he was just shining because the people prayed. How important are your prayers? Vital. Life-giving and vital. So he, he recounted the prayer and I said, you see... This is exactly what I told him when I saw his heart was stooped. I said, your heart's stooped and you're, you're trying to pray yourself out. And he says, yeah. And I said, but you're needed here. Because if you leave here, you won't have, we, we will not have the power of that weighty stance that you have while your feet are on the ground here. See, even King David made that petition. Lord, you know, if they kill me now, how am I going to praise you? You know, he, he won't be here. So I said, no, we need your voice here. We need the significance of your weighty prayers here. Even if it's coming from a back room, those prayers are weighty. For any that's tucked in the back room waiting before God, powerful, significant. I said, because once you leave this life, you're not going to give a flying hoop about this life. This life isn't going to matter because you're already there and there's no time and space there. 
you're not going to have the, the, the focus vantage point that we have here right now to rule over the wickedness and root out evil. And he said, yeah, I see it. I see it. Well, didn't the one that's already gone on, didn't when you visited that soul, did they really have a care at all of anything? No. And I said, do you see the, the filtered and focused prayers that you have here and the holding that is here because you do have boots on the ground and how it helps escort us through this hour? Because when our hour is lifted, we won't ever have to look back. And he said, you're right. And he took heart and courage because we all need to encourage one another. So please, when you reach out to one another, please lift their hearts. Know that if they're out there, they're being beaten down. Even if they're tucked in their room, they're being beaten down with the onslaught, that flood coming out of that uh, dragon's mouth that it talks about in Revelations. The flood of words, the wickedness. But here's our place. And I said, where you go? And he said, when th those hugs were given out, that one went around the room and hugged every person in the room. And when those hugs were given out, he said the, the love was overwhelming. And I said, yes, because it came directly from the throne. And I said, look, that's where every soul, that's where I point the people of God. If they want to know how to approach this life, go to the throne of God, tap into him and feel what he feels. You're going to feel the most incredible love. It's the kind of love that can say, while being crucified, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Or when they're being stoned and they're ready, they look up, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. That greater love beyond your own self, beyond your own circumstance, and realizing how much God loves that, that individual soul and how to fight for them. And also how to stand with him to exercise absolute righteous judgment on the heathen that are causing the sacrifice of the innocent and are causing God's people to stumble and are taking them out by the tens and hundreds of thousands with their bloody rhetoric. So stand fast and have the kind of love that can rescue them out from under that sword drawn both sides in and out. Sever unrighteousness out. Bring down the idols of Baal. And open up the word and free those souls from the lies. Keep your prayers. And I said, David, that's what gives me the courage and the heart to keep going is going to God and feeling his heart. So you get discouraged or you get overly angry or overly perturbed over anything I learned as a young soul, just go directly to the throne and get the heart of God and get a bigger vantage point and take a look at what that soul is, being, is up against, what they're facing, and know how to pray for them, know how to rescue them. And in rescuing them, you're going to rescue your own heart because you're going to find out you're going to have great compassion where necessary and judgment where necessary. Brother David knew exactly what I was talking about as he was sharing that with me and we were conferring back and forth and we were exhorting the people. I'm exhorting the people today in front of me to do these very things that David and I have done through our walk. He's a very compassionate man. That's why you would see him often when he was before the people weep. He had such compassion when we go on our prayer drives. He has compassion for the ordinary person out there because he knows the heart of God. But even a heart that's as deep as his 
and the friend that he is to the Lord, there's times where we all need encouragement. I do often. I go sit at his feet often, or I call out to the brethren often and get that encouragement. So that's why it's so important to know how to love one another, how to access that love of God, and how to encourage one another, and how to know when another heart is stooped. So he was just delighting in how beautiful it felt. And I know it was the longing of his soul. The longing, and that's how close he is to the place that he'll soon be. Um, you know, compared to man's time, a day is a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years a day. So it's just a vapor. You know, how much is a year, 10 years, 20 years? That's nothing to the Lord. So he's near the end of his time. I'm near the end of my time. Bless God. So he, he does long for those courts. He does long for them, as do I. But both are determined, he and I are determined to stay the course and finish out everything that God sent us here to do. You do the same. And that's what that one that came and walked amongst us that went before us said, just stay on your course. See it through to the very end, no matter what you have to bear, no matter what you have to go through, no matter what you face. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Keep straight ahead. Keep going. And you will be so pleased. It's such a wonderful, wonderful victory at the other end of the line. It's a win-win. Remember, people, serving God is a win-win scenario. So Brother David was just rejoicing in that incredible visitation. How wonderful it was. He made many observations. He asked many questions. He always does. Every time he's before the Lord or has someone in front of him from the spirit realm, he's asking them questions. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift we have in him that he's so inquisitive. And he gets answers. He knows how to go and get answers. And so do you. You all do. If you pray, you've got the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you know how to get before God and get your answers. And he will talk to you in a way that suits your makeup, your personality. And like I said, uh, this one that's there now that is having a wonderful time is getting to know these different makeups. And some of them were really strange. Read your Bible. Read about them. They did some pretty strange things. But God, he's not stuck in a box. He's unique. He's personal. And that's why I love the uniqueness and the personality of God's people. And I love the feisty ones. Brother, Brother David was saying that. He says, I like those feisty ones. Because they've got spunk. They've got fire. They've got snap. I love it. I love it. So, and if you're quiet... Bless God. He made you that way. He loves each one so individually. So it was a wonderful dream that he had. And the visitation we had after it, um, looking at it and seeing all the dynamic, diverse makeup of God and his creation and the incredible love and the encouragement and things start to feel overwhelmed. Just go there and rest for a while because there isn't a care one there. Not care one. And it'll give you the courage to do whatever you need to do each step of the way while you're here. And take on that, you know, go into the scripture. The scripture will tell you the same thing. Get your eyes lifted up off of this earth and look directly into the eyes of the Lord. And you will get, get your refreshing always. So that was such a wonderful visitation. He really was blessed by it. I'm just covering the very basics of it. I, then he had another dream. Because the Lord, remember we prayed that the Lord would lift his heart. 
So Brother David, you know, when we do drive, he prayed, Lord, you pour out your spirit across all the earth. Lord, pour out your spirit across all the earth. Lord, pour it out onto all of your creation. Just pour it out. And he'd pray that many times. And so this dream, in this dream, he said, I had a wonderful dream last night. And that was good to hear. And he said, in the dream, we were just walking around. The saints of God were walking around. And he said, all of a sudden, these clouds would form. They, they were like a poof and they would swirl and they would be like tendrils that were coming down. As the, and as they came down to earth and the closer they got to the ground, they would start to vaporize and disappear, but they became, you could still see them. It was like a mist, a fine mist. And he said it would swirl around you and then this mist would form. And David said, I wonder what this is. He asks questions. I love that. And so he thought, I wonder if this is the Spirit of God. I wonder if this is the Lord. And he says, I'm going to breathe it in. I'm going to breathe these vapors in. He's adventuresome too. I love the way God made him. So he did. He took in a deep breath and it was the Spirit of the Lord. And he said he just got filled with such a joy. And he said the people of God were walking around and they were breathing in the vapors and they were getting so full of the Spirit. And he said we were having a good time just walking around and breathing in the Spirit. Haven't you felt that recently? Haven't you felt that incredible feeling when the Lord fills the room and he, you just drink him in. And I began to weep. And he was still rejoicing and delighting in how that felt. And I said, well, David, there's your prayer. He is pulling it, pouring out his spirit upon the face of the earth. And I started to weep. And I said, Lord God, open the eyes of the people. The eyes that have been clouded over. And open their eyes so that they can see. So that they can take you in. Free captivity, Lord. Let them be loosed. And free them. And I just wept. I wept for the souls that need to feel what we freely feel. And so we just continued to go forward and pray. And he agreed. We wept together and prayed together. And he agreed. But, what I want, but he still had that joy on his face. He says, oh, we had fun. And it is like that when the saints gather together, whether it be in the spirit. You can gather with them from your own bed. No man can stop you. You can gather with him in a prison cell. No man can stop you. Ask Daniel. Ask King David from the caves. He reached out to God and God heard him. Ask those ones that have gone before you. Ask God himself. Is there any limitation to him? He said, my arm's not shorted. My arm is not shortened. And he's never late. But he is creative. So go with his creativity Go with his moving of his spirit, stand fast, and watch the magnificent arm of God moving forward and fulfilling the cry of the people in this hour. Because he will do it regardless of how it looks. It's in motion and it will be done. I love you all so very much. I'll keep you updated as I get a visitation from the Lord because I've seen every single one where the Lord's shown me something. Within the next few days, it would manifest so God is, is wonderful. Go to him. He'll give you that inside track from him that no man can access but only God. 
and you have God in you. So go, go straight to him. Bless God. I love you all. And there you go. There's some beautiful visitations from our beloved friend, Trish. And isn't it wonderful to have access to the heart of God, to that knowledge that each one of us can have access to the throne of God, that there isn't any person we go through. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and then immediately we can beseech the Lord and ask him for that in our own personality, according to our own in the, in the circumstances we find ourselves, and as I mentioned, as our own personality. And I love how she talked about all these personalities in the Bible being so unique and so different. And I was always taught as a young girl, take on the personalities of these incredible individuals in the Word of God. And that's, that's how we operate in this life, in a very practical uh, day-to-day existence. It's It's wonderful. So today we've been talking about how to be active in the Holy Spirit. Once we get the Holy Spirit, it's really important to understand how how God talks to you. And so Brother Bob last week said something very simple and yet so profound. It hit me because he said, how does the Holy Spirit talk to me? In my mind. And that's how God talks to us in our mind. That's why the scriptures, the word is so clear to renew our mind, have that clean slate to understand God so that he can talk to you in the simplicity of your mind. So get some quiet time before the Lord. Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, get that quiet time before the Lord. Know that he talks to you in your own mind. And frequently, too, he will speak audibly to certain people. So you can anticipate and expect that God talking to you audibly. But more often than not, he reveals things to you in your own mind. And so here's here's a way you'll know, as you heard our friend Trish, she lined up those visitations with the word of God. So when the Holy Spirit is talking to you, you know it's true because it'll line up with the word of God. It's also peaceable and easy to be entreated. God is a gentleman. And so he'll speak to you in very quiet, in a still small voice. And so you can anticipate that as well. So just tune your ear, listen, be obedient, and then have great faith that you are indeed moving by the Holy Spirit and step by step. And then rest assured that according to the word, Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So everything we do, we step out in faith, it's going to work out to good. And our prayers, our prayers are the thing that are protecting this incredible movement of God. The more Christians that are walking in the spirit, actively participating in the movement of God, the more we'll just see revival across the land in great and miraculous ways. And of course, as you heard, it sure is fun. I mean, there's just no other way. I don't, there's no other way to live a life, period, end of story, is except by the Holy Spirit. And then, man, seeing God work all these miracles, I can't wait to rejoice with each and every one of you when this full victory comes to fruition. And then, of course, rejoice through all eternity because that's our right as well. So again, stay encouraged, stay, stay pressed into the Lord. Ask him for more. Lord, show me more of you. Show me more of you. Give me more of your Holy Spirit. And we'll see the Lord do an incredible thing 
across the whole globe. Thank you so much for being here today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can always go to getyourloveon.org. We archive every show. Today we referenced a few previous shows, so I'll be sure to include that in today's archive. That way you can easily get a hold of that knowledge as well. And of course, if you'd like to get baptized, just reach out to us. Click contact. We will connect you to the family of faith no matter where you are. We have that faith that God is doing something so immense. Anyone who wants all of him... You're going to get it. And that's an awesome way to live as well. All right. Since we spent the last two hours getting our love on, let's make sure we keep our love on. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, Lord bless you. It's a simple message, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. I keep my love on. If I were you. And I'm a simple singer, but my heart and mind are strong. I keep my love on. Yes, I do. You must dream in color, ask your questions, because life does not give honorable mentions. Think you're more than two dimensions, in case your tightrope loses tension. I'll be here if ever you